hey, Hada, what's happening in Melee? Or we're workshopping the title. But this is a result of me saying, I want to have a co-host for the podcast. And the truth is, is that from the beginning, I've been thinking it would be really cool to have somebody to bounce off with on a regular basis. But scheduling is tough. Doing it for free is tough. However, we're going to try this out today, see how it goes, all that fun stuff. Hada, it is very, very cool to have you here once again. We're going to talk about what's been happening in Melee this very week. A little bit inspired by Dark Gen X, a little bit inspired by people like talking about what's going on. The discourse of Melee is always fun, but thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you so much. It's beautiful Saturday morning here in sunny Colorado. Uh, had a crazy snowstorm like two week, like two days ago, but it's you know typical Denver, like it'll dump down snow for two days and then you could go and realistically go for a jog with your dog in the park like six hours later so it's yeah it's a beautiful day i'm happy to be here and yeah we got an excellent pantheon of topics here it's been a very active week in melee that's for sure Yes, it's not every day, or I should say it's not every week, that we have FlyQuest come in, for instance. So I, I love this this particular piece of news. Why don't you go ahead and intro this to us? Yeah, of course. You know, FlyQuest, of course, the very recent sponsor of our very own Kadoran. Kadoran, um, like many other past Summit competitors, will get a pretty uh, significant sponsorship moving into an event like Summit because, you know, people want to get their big up-and-coming name brands out for such a big invitational event. It's very illustrious. So FlyQuest, of course, jumping on that trip, very similar to how Luminosity jumped on and sponsored um, Ginger for the first time right before he went to a summit. Um, so yeah, FlyQuest uh, shelling out some pretty big esports dollars for um, for Kadoran as well as um, the rest of the TO staff. So shout-outs to Iggy as well, Iggy Neves. Um, excellent, uh, excellently run TMT. And I believe we're going to have a $1,000 pop bonus for the foreseeable future for the TMT series. So not only is that a huge bump in revenue, of course, we have another huge name and a big list of competitors coming out for this week's TMT. And uh, so the big thing that I am curious about is as this becomes a standard practice, like, are we going to see more esports organizations start to shell out big pop bonuses. You know, I think, you know, not to be a little biased for myself, but I know that um, all chat has been putting out, you know, two, 200, 250, 300 every single week for our salt mine. And I, it's really shown out because if you come back and look at the salt mine, top 16s, the names keep showing up. The top six teams keep showing up. It's not just the top four. That's going to be top. I mean, it's all the way to top 16. So if you get top 16, the salt mine, that's a huge thing. So if you're an up-and-coming player, it's a great way for not only get those names started, but as an incentivizing factor, not just for the players, how do you think this is going to develop as, um, as TMT starts to move forward? And I think that if there was a world where an esports org would go to an IRL weekly and say, we want to infuse a $1,000 pop bonus, everybody would be super excited, but there would be a certain amount of exclusivity because if you live on the East Coast, you are not going over to the West Coast every week just to get a shot at... Uh, 500 or 750 whatever first place wins right and realistically if there's 100 entrants if there's 200 entrants whatever it happens to be 200 for a weekly would be insane but if there's going to be more than just you and your buddies there of course it's going to be hard to be realistic about winning an event you're going to see a familiar name like Kadoran or S2J or a name like Ginger Bobby Big Balls taking such an event so What's really cool about the fact that it's online is that it sort of answers the question that a lot of people have been asking since Slippy became relevant back in June of 2020 when it dropped was, what will online events look like as we continue to 
integrate back into IRL stuff. And I think that if you were to be one of the people who were saying, I think, it, well, first of all, not only are online events still really important and that they should happen, but I think we should put big money behind them. Most people would scoff and say, ah, save that for the IRL stuff. I think it's really cool that FlyQuest is doing this. It will really help to continue to, like you said, it'll build those storylines for up-and-coming players, especially for players like Kadoran, Hungrybox, or, okay, not Mango or Zane, but maybe don't test me. Maybe maybe we see Mango Sheik sometime down the line. He's always talked about doing a secondary in, in a tournament, but it hasn't actually done that at all, to my knowledge, in his streaming. He always just streams right. friendlies, but... It'd be really cool to see stuff like that because you get a bit of a challenger versus the established player. Shout outs to FlyQuest for putting, I mean, if if they were starting it in the beginning of January and going all the way through the December, theoretically, that's $50,000. So that's really, yeah. really cool. Shout outs to FlyQuest for doing that. And I think Kadoran is probably a really big reason why it happened. Signs with the org. And then probably from the beginning, if I had to guess, started talking to FlyQuest about things that they can do to help him, help the community as well. And I think somebody was saying this on Twitter. There's probably Blur or Topicants. There's a really big difference between what uh, somebody like a League of Legends player gets paid versus what melee gets and that's true of course but they sort of view this as it's it's not a big cost like some of us in the melee community might think it is it might just be sort of a big well of course it is big in that sense but compared to a million dollars fifty thousand is mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot less it becomes a lot less money there's obviously going to be one that you would choose versus the other but mm -hmm. if we get even that much for an online weekly i think that's great I 100% agree with you, and of course, I, I've actually had that conversation. The the you know just changing out the league contract versus a a melee contract. And Tafo actually had a really great tweet in the last couple of days saying the if you're trying to invest in an esports player, um, Smash players are the best players for a loyalty aspect. For Cloud Nine, um, now that Sneaky is no longer a tenured Cloud Nine member, Mango is the longest tenured uh, Cloud Nine esports player. Um, Hungry Box is up there for the longest tenured Team Liquid player. Uh, uh, Leffen's up there for one of the longest uh, TSM tenured players, and SFAT I think might be one of the longest tenured CLG players, unless you're counting Hot uh, Hotbit. Um, not Hotbit. Um, God, who's their CEO? It's um, shoot, it might be Hotbit. No, Hotbit was is the Beyond the Summit guy. Yes, but anyway, I um, I digress. Um, when it really boils down to it, if you want to have that sort of loyalty aspect, you want to have that long tenured fan base, Melee is a great place to do it. We don't need a lot. When it comes, when it boils down to it, we're playing for, you know, 70% of the $7, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's how it boils back. We play for the love of the game. We play for uh, a lot of bragging rights. Like, you know, bragging rights really go a long way in the Smash community and we play for, and that's our, our big selling point is we just want to be better than everyone else. And that's it, what I think is so cool. It is amazing that we get to this point. I don't think it happens just by FlyQuest saying, you know what? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Fuck it. Why not? I think that the Salt Mine and Ace, all chatty sports, has a lot to do with inspiring other orgs to start to say, well, hey, now, we could probably do something like that. Definitely inspiring to all the other TOs who run online weeklies to say, you know what, <laughs> I think my time is worth an, a $5 entry. Mm -hmm. And to have a little bit of a prize pool here and there, not everybody's doing 250 or 300 like 
all chat esports and then especially not the fly quest $1,000 prize pool each week mm -hmm. for the foreseeable future like you said but I like the fact that there's been a bit of a ramp up process and I will give credit to where credit is due slumlord was saying on Twitter I I think all chat gets a little bit of uh, gets a little bit of credit here and I, I agree with that I think that when you have sort of little dominoes fall, it doesn't always lead to results like this because sometimes it just it just fizzles out and there you have it. But I'd like this because I also want to connect it to the idea, and I don't know how legit this is, but how legit do you think it is all these people coming in in the past, I would say four or so months and starting to really ramp up these sort of higher cost, higher money, better production value kind of mm -hmm. stuff, higher price pools. How much do you think it has to do with the Nintendo circuit announcement? I only am trying to think of what that matters here because in the past, the promise of circuits always got big esports orgs interested in melee. I think mm -hmm. we didn't necessarily have, you know, breaking news. This is going to happen soon back in the 2013 to 2014 time. I just know that with the, all the big exciting stuff that was happening at around the time and the promise of we could do a circuit in the near future with smash four and melee, that was sort of the, the underlying tones before it mm -hmm. got fizzled out. I think, had a lot to do with the promise of that circuit that never did end up happening but it seems like it'll happen for real this time i'm wondering what do you see is there any correlation there i think there's definitely you know some underlying you know people talking in the woodwork you know there's not again no one's making any official statements no one's making any actual official big name investments and moves quite yet because as we've seen in the past nintendo is notoriously flaky they're notoriously you know apprehensive to do anything specifically with melee but also specifically to invest in their esports audience because nintendo like you know i i always i was never a big nintendo sellout but i just recently bought a switch for the first time and i love casual gaming casual gaming is a great time playing some playing some pokemon playing some legend of zelda playing some super mario you know it's a good time it's a good way to chill with your girlfriend chill with your family and then just relax take it easy have a good time but the when the really big selling point is is Nintendo's only big competitive audience is their speedrunning community and their Smash community and you know arms and you know whatever that kind of Splatoon shout out to Splatoon Splatoon sick yeah Splatoon's amazing but then you know that's three games out of their pantheon of you know dozens upon hundreds of different titles in which case if you want to invest in the casual audience you want to invest in that casual um atmosphere I completely understand that. But there's no reason that you can't invest a little bit, especially to acknowledge the success of the grassroots scene. And just with a little bit of investment, a little bit of push, especially when you're comparing things like um, like FlyQuest or Red Bull or Beyond the Summit or all these different third-party organizations, investing a lot more, especially in comparison to um, like their purse size. Um, you know, a drop in the bucket is what FlyQuest could be potentially investing versus something that Nintendo could realistically be investing for the same market share. So if you take like, let's say that $1,000 a month is 0.05% of the FlyQuest monthly budget. If you're putting 0.05% of the Nintendo monthly budget into, into competitive smash, you know, that's like a $10,000 tournament once a month. Yeah. Like easily, easily. Like that, that, that's like, that's like you toss that over your shoulder and be like, all right, Melee, you could have this 10 grand, and we would all lose our 
our freaking minds, man. Oh my God, $10,000 pot bonus once a month? Oh my God, we're all gonna go to X amount of thing. And that's an easy circuit. They just have to write us a check once a month and we'll do the rest. And realistically, that's not that difficult. They just gotta be like, okay, you guys do what you gotta do. Here's 10K, have a good time. Throw our logo everywhere, easy, easy peasy clap. Dustin, not a problem. And to me, you know, of course, as a third-party representative and someone who's invested in the competitive scene and has been for a long time, that doesn't seem like a big deal to me. But of course, I don't understand legality of it, the um, any sort of branding recognition, marketing, um, of course, the tiptoeing the line of what it means to have, you know, um, like intellectual properties being used, whether that be modding Pokemon Stadium to be frozen, whether that be um any sort of use of ucf or modded controllers of course that comes down to intellectual property and there's a lot of legality that goes into it and i'm not going to pull hairs about that because there's plenty of other esports and big name companies that very much so encourage their communities to mod and to improve and of course show their passion to quote unquote make their already great product better and i know that's been a huge mentality especially like of like the people who made team fortress the people who made um, I know there's been a lot of cool Halo mods that have gone on and shown a lot of success. And those companies didn't throw C&Ds. Those companies weren't knocking down doors and throwing people in jail for, you know, modding their Switch so people can get free games. Well, Nintendo just did that, but we're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> but um, well, that is the truth because yeah. Nintendo has not been the company that's been excited by the passionate, the most passionate sects of their community. They they look at the people who put in the most effort and the most time, and they treat them as a as like a, a liability. That's what the word I was looking for. They treat them as a liability because those are the people who are going to modify the games. And Nintendo seems to place more of an emphasis on controlling their IP as far and wide as they can. And so when it comes to having a circuit this upcoming summer, I assume, for North America, for Smash Ultimate, and for Smash Melee, that's what we're talking about. Theoretically, it sounds great because all they got to do is write a check and let Panda handle the rest because I think that's what we're all hoping the formula is going to be, that Panda gets enough money to be able to make this ship fly all across the, the North American circuit, if that's three events and then a finals, or if that's five events and then a finals, we're really hoping that it's something to that effect, you and I in particular. But we also recognize right. that in the past, we have seen more than plenty enough examples and evidence that Nintendo places so much of an emphasis on controlling their IP that they're not going to sneeze at canceling this whole thing because of somebody. I mean, it doesn't have to be much, it feels like to me their eyes will be on this more than the average grassroots event, certainly. So it will be hard to do things like UCF or like Frozen Pokemon Stadium. I would be would be super shocked if they even let one thing slip by on something they had more than just their name on. If they're putting money into it, that seems like a whole step up for them. So I'm hoping for the best because I trust Panda, but I like the idea, going back to the FlyQuest thing, going back to investment into melee and smash in general i like the idea that other organizations are starting to feel that that momentum into the summer i'm hoping that nintendo allows everything to go through to the best of their ability they can just chill out just a little bit and then it'll i think it'll only build from there for the next year or however right. far into the future it goes yeah and uh, this definitely like 
kind of toes the line. Like, we've rarely seen a lot of investment into the modding scene. But, of course, Smash has an illustrious modding scene. We have the P-plus community. We have the PM 3.6 and, of course, the 0 0.1, 1.0, 2.0, everything in between. PM and the modding community, whether that be um, even fan-made games like Smash Flash and Smash Flash 2, I know there's been a really cool documentary that just came out about the history of Smash Flash. I turned it on. Watch the first two minutes, got hooked, and then immediately had to go to work. So I will be <laughs> end up watching that documentary this week, and I'm really excited. So whoever made that documentary, shout outs to you. Shout outs. I'm gonna be watching that for the for this weekend. It's gonna be one of my little tickets for the week. But um, Mango announcing a collab with Saber, Saber, another prolific uh, P plus player, that they're gonna be doing a, a God of the Mod, I believe is what it is called, on Mango stream every single Monday, very akin to Toast King of the Cube but it's going to be show matches in the P-plus community. Um, don't know if we have a um, I, like a fight card for who's actually going to be competing this Monday, but I'm super excited because one of my intros specifically to the competitive Smash community was, uh, was the PM scene. We had actually had a pretty solid PM scene down in Cincinnati. One of the Cincinnati local players who was a very, very good game and watched his tag was I-19, was the, I think, top three in Ohio for P for PM and then subsequently top 10 in Cincinnati with Game & Watch and Melee. So super, super cool. And um, so I've always kept a close eye on the P on the PM P plus community. And P plus Peach is fun. P plus Peach is really cool and really quirky. And she has a command grab in the air now that you can't do aerial turn up, of course. But I digress. Um, we have a really cool opportunity to see how the P plus community can take this mainstream audience that Mango has, you know, top two um, in viewership for not just Melee, but Smash in general. Um, I believe um, only getting beat out by Hungrybox as of right now on concurrent Twitch viewership. Um, how do you think personally that this translation is going to happen, you know, merging both these major scenes and bringing a huge potential audience to check out P plus? I love the fact that Mango wants to platform P+. I think that there's always been a certain amount of dislike between P+, Melee, and Smash 4 and Smash Ultimate because there's just a little bit of pride about your game being the best. And I know that that was at its peak in terms of the most contentiousness back when Brawl first dropped. But I think that P+, did a lot... Uh, all the P plus people I've talked to, like that when that mod became a thing back in 2013, in particular 2014, when it was really, really popular, sort of helped to bridge the gap between everybody and give everybody the opportunity to experience a little bit of a different flavor. And then, of course, the PM development team having to shut down with not an official cease and desist, but more or less being encouraged you just need to disappear and it had to go underground and i mean underground underground like more than melee and smash War and ultimate underground emerging with these shadow majors last year having to do shipwrecked and jailbreak i think that was the one for yeah. mail state main stage excuse me and so cool now that we've gotten to this point that the melee community and i think to a lesser extent ultimate but especially the melee community embracing plus and saying <laughs> you're one of us i think that mango in particular sharing his large audience his large platform with an amazing mod with an amazing community people who really care about this game still especially people like saber who does a lot a lot a lot of behind the scenes work i mean was one of the main people responsible for bringing jailbreak out and i think it's so cool that it's saber who gets to sort of help bridge this together it still feels very, very grassroots. And I think I think that a little part of it is Mango 
Mango having something like God of the Mod, and then he goes and wins the Nintendo circuit in the summer. Being that like, sweet. Ah. like, check out my stream, and Nintendo goes, no! But I, I love that idea. I think it's very, very cool. I don't know how Saber pulled it, but I know that this isn't happening because he f nobody can force mango to do anything so i know that this is something that mango is excited about doing so that's very very cool it'll be sosa versus the doctor two very good players very good players i'm excited to see it on monday night yeah should be a good show and uh I, i've been like uh seeing a little bit of mango playing magi on np plus on the on stream a little bit here and there and that's been happening for the last couple of months and i know that mango definitely has a huge vested interest in the p plus scene so he definitely enjoys the game and if you want to get content out of mango he just has to enjoy doing what he's doing on the stream so um definitely p plus is one of those name things he's big into mario kart for a long time of course he's dropping some valorant streams from time to time so maybe we'll see some sort of a mango x riot games collaboration at some point maybe he'll get invited out to some sort of pro-am invitational honestly mango would grip it and rip it on a like a pro-am like valorant stage he's got he's he's kind of cracked on the sticks he, he's he's uh he's good at clicking heads but you know mango's just a gamer man you know I, I got nothing on nothing on the kid that way but um speaking of you know being just some god level gamers um we had a pretty interesting tweet coming out from the crimson blur this past week saying that with the recent exodus of wizzy and Plup specifically out of Florida, all of a sudden, Florida is not by and large the best melee region in the country. You know, of course, when in the in the prime time of Wizzy, Hbox, M2K, Plup, Gatsu, um, you know, that core five, core four, five, six players, there was no case that any other region, maybe with the exception of peak, peak, peak SoCal, um, had any shot at beating Florida in a 5v5 or 10v10. Yeah, it's just too top-heavy. Yeah, it was so top-heavy. And even when you go down to, you know, you're you're pulling up names like Crudo, Mr. L's, Komodo, and, you know, you're still having the, those top 30, top 50 level talent so, so deep into the Florida pool. But now with these two top, absolute top five hitters um, out of Florida, um, Wizzy moving to, to, uh, to Texas and then Plup over to Oregon, respectively, we, I kind of want to discuss who is, you know, the next hidden boss, major 10v10 contender for one of the best melee regions in the country. I think it just means that we need to do this again, right? Because there were a few crew battles. To Not that I was super involved at the time, but I went back and watched the tape. There was this really weird uh, East versus West Coast crew battle, and Ken was just uselessly sitting on the couch. I remember somebody making a video <laughs> about this. Just all the super cuts of Ken sitting there, not really knowing what to say because he didn't have a microphone or something. <laughs> I, I think that was pretty heavily in East Coast favor. I remember East Coast winning. All that to say... Things have been fairly stagnant with crew battles. There's occasionally interest in something a little bit smaller scale, but in terms of having a big East versus West or region versus region, I think maybe the big one last year in July, the online tournament that the Rollback Rumble team put on, you know, shout outs to Rollback Rumble for, for that was an insane, like it was like almost two weeks straight of different tournament brackets. And I think the region crew battle was one of them. I remember 
I remember seeing discourse about it. I think I remember Midwest winning, actually. But all that to say, that would be the last time I remember there being, oh, yeah, we got to do region versus region. This is a whole big thing. This, we got all these really good players who are actually going to be showing up and playing. This is cool. And then it just sort of, now we're here. It's not been a year yet. But I would love to see a renewed look at things and going, what can SoCal do? Because, of course, SoCal goes deep. That's that's the story there, right? And what about Tri-State? There's a lot of good players who are, of course, because of the amazing tournaments that the nightclub puts on and other mm-hmm. East Coast brackets that happen on a fairly regular basis. There's a lot of power-ups in Tri-State. New England's kind of going into a little bit of a sleeper mode. I would say that Florida still has plenty of players. They're just not as top-heavy anymore, right. of course. So that's still a thing. And then we have Midwest. And I don't even know how to divide that up because that's like a whole – it's a whole line. Right. Do you put Texas with Ohio? I don't think you do that. So what do you what do you do there? I, For me, I don't have a high enough familiarity with the deepness of each region. I can think of players from different spots. Of course, Michigan would be really good with Ginger and I guess – is Ben in Michigan or is Ben close enough to Michigan to ben, be Michigan? Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. So if we put those two together, that would be pretty, that's a pretty good starting right. lineup right there. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts because you would be the one who's a little bit better with be, being familiar with how deep everybody goes. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea of a crew battle has always excited me. I think that I like to think I'm a big macro thinker. I like to think of the big picture and, how these regions are developing, especially now with the onset of Slippy, where a lot of these lower up-and-coming players are being significantly more shown in the limelight, there's a lot more of an idea of, you know, in a in a top five, like a five versus five crew battle, it's all star power in the, in the grand scheme of things. So that's why Florida was so dominant. It was literally all top ten players in the top five. Right. In their top five of Florida, which was disgusting you know the worst player being gatsu and gatsu's <laughs> insane um so i'm finding this thread here and um we have a lot of these representatives pulling some really cool names out of these top tens and uh so the first re- uh reply was uh salt which is who is a prolific texas falcon he says he says texas looking pretty good so salt bobby big balls wizzy of course new uh recently texas resident wizzy albert billy bo peep s justice sdj Pal- Pappy, palpa and then on the bench you have the leaf and dark hero dark hero best player in west texas box style marth the most consistent and interesting utilization of pivots i've ever seen he's a good friend of mine and the leaf again solid solid player those guys are on the bench so you have the worst player on that roster being palpa who is a very very solid jigglypuff and has great wins has had wins over bobby big balls has wins over asphalt and um, just a really, really, really solid player. So Texas has a solid chance for taking that because um, just on depth alone. But then again, you have to keep scrolling through this thread. And of course, Ryobeat, second tweet in this thread. Aklo, <laughs> JFlex, Wally, Just Jason, JoJo, Swooper, Mop Money, Whiskers, Smuckers, Slocks, and Ryobeat is on the bench. Like Ryobeat, former top 50 player in the world. And of course, he didn't even mention IBDW ibdw also on that list so um on the on the new list he actually has it lined out uh socal versus tri-state cody aklo jflex wally just jason jojo swooper mott smuckers and whiskers whiskers has an hbox win he's a yoshi player he's kind of goaded and then on socal mango lucky kadoran fiction face roll s2j null android zero franz and casper 
So definitely a lot more top-heavy star power-wise than it would be for SoCal. So I do think SoCal probably would still be the best region, at least in a 10v10. But what it really comes down to it is how much can that lower end, so I say lower being in like huge air quotes because Smuckers and Whiskers and Franz and Casper would, if I had to play them in a first to five, I wouldn't take a game. Like no. those guys would <laughs> my be me so fast, I, my head would spin. So, um, but you know, it really boils down to, you know, what is your seven through 10 look like? So we have to cut it off here for the official recording. But if you want to listen to more of this, first of all, tell us that you want to hear more because this is our testing episode. Please let us know in the comments below. But also, I'll put this up on the Patreon for all Patreon subs. So you don't have to be at the level of whatever I put it at. You can just sub to any of them and you will get access to the full recording that we have because we're going to talk about the Steam Deck and what that means for the Smash community. But in the meantime, thank you for joining us. Guys, I'm Hada. Um, I was on the podcast previously a couple weeks ago. Thank you so much to Cypher003 for having me out one more, once again. I think I'm really excited for this potential project. If you guys like having me on the mic, if you guys like having me on this cool little talk show podcast sort of style. Also, if you guys want to retcon some cool names for this um, for this project, would love to have it seen in the comments or on the Patreon. Uh, comment threads would love to see that as well. Of course, you can always find either of us on Twitter and shout us out. But if you guys want to find me, I'm at HeyHada, H-E-Y-H-A-D-A, on Twitter as well as Twitch. Um, been streaming a lot of League of Legends recently. I don't know how good that is for my mental health, but you know we're we're doing it regardless. I'm just uh, I've been I've been fiend in decline. But um, yeah, I've been playing. Uh, also been doing a little shiny hunting with my girlfriend on uh, Brilliant Diamond, which is a good time. But um, yeah, if you guys really want to do uh, do me a solid, please follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is a little lacking um, in comparison to a lot of my other socials. I hit 1,200 on Twitch, which is super sick. You know, shout outs to my Twitch community. Love that. Um, but only 300 on Twitter. Guys, come on, bump the numbers up. People can't take me seriously with just 300 followers. Just kidding. But um... <laughs> Boost the serotonin, boost the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Guys, please validate my existence with internet numbers. Come on. Mm. This is what I live for. But <laughs> And I'm excited to see what happens next week in Melee.